Hello everyone, and welcome to this episode of Numa. I am, as always, your faithful host, Daniel Finneran. Upon you, dear listener and friend, I must begin by lavishing my sincerest thanks. I offer it to you in abundance. It is yours to the last drop. I give it away not only generously, but sincerely. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode and accompanying me on this wellness journey. A journey from which, till that distant hour when we reach the shoreline at which this life ends and the next begins, we'll never fully disembark. With this brief but heartfelt word of gratitude, I should and henceforth shall assiduously endeavor to begin every episode. Trust me, I know full well that there are countless wellness channels to which you can subscribe, and perhaps twice as many faceless gurus from whom you can receive guidance and instruction. I, frankly, am no guru. I'm just a normal person, unadorned by superior qualification or merit, who is like you, simply hoping to find equanimity, happiness, and a good life worth living. I think, together, we can discover these precious things. So again, thank you. Do consider subscribing to this channel and joining our growing community. It's been an honor and the privilege of a lifetime to get to know you through this medium. Be sure to like this episode and, more importantly, to share it with a loved one or a close friend.
This meditation will be, in some ways, different from those to which you've probably become accustomed on other channels. Here, on Numa, it's forever my goal to take old bits of wisdom, freshen them up, modernize them, and reintroduce them to our age, where they can be better applied to our happiness and edification. In so doing, we'll often encounter stimulating and unusual ideas to which few others are at this time, giving expression. There is no single source from which they are collected, like flakes of gold and specks of buried treasure. We mine them from every type of soil and relish their collection. With that preface behind us, we'll now turn our attention to the subject of today's episode. The great French physician, priest, scholar, writer, and wit, Francois Rabelais. All I ask you to do is breathe. Relax and listen. If this name is even vaguely familiar to you, it's probably because of the delightful adjective to which it's given birth, Rabelaisian. Indeed, the adjective has long outlived and overshadowed its progenitor, the real, vital, hearty, historical man from whom it spawned. It's used to describe a literary style that's at once bawdy, earthy, coarse, satirical, and yet somehow still sophisticated and deeply learned. It's nearly synonymous with another man's name, also transformed by posterity into an immortal adjective, Falstaffian. He who takes after Falstaff Shakespeare's greatest invention and mirror image, and he who takes after Rabelais are probably descended from the same poetic line. Rabelais, who trained and worked as a physician at the renowned University of Montpellier, was the quintessential Renaissance man. 
I suppose any man born in that vigorous age of rebirth, which stretched from the 14th to the 17th century, has, to some extent, at least a chronological claim to that title. But Rabelais was, truly, in every measurable way, the perfect image of such a man. His genius was uncontainable. It overflowed the natural vessel into which God, in his infinite generosity and meticulous care, pours each of our predetermined allotments of talent. He might have reserved some of that talent and distributed it more equally across men and women and time, perhaps showering me with a little bit more of it. But it is not for us to question the dispersal of divine gifts, and we certainly won't begrudge Rabelais the ample share with which he was blessed. Exceeding all boundaries, his genius encroached on every possible domain. Aside from being an accomplished physician, Rabelais was a professor, a priest, a satirist, a humanist, and a widely celebrated author. Widely, though not unanimously celebrated, I should say. He was, to put it mildly, not allergic to controversy. Indeed, he was remarkably skillful at courting it at every turn. In so doing, he invited the ire of the same Catholic Church in which he was brought up, and of which he was, by profession and training, supposed to be a respected leader. His two great works, Pantagruel and Gargantua, are little read today. And yet, the adjective by which we still describe things that are immense in their size, Gargantuan, owes its existence to the title and main character of his second book. In the prologue to this book, Gargantua, Rabelais talks about bone marrow of all things. I was struck by this passage 
which I think serves as an excellent analogy and a useful lesson. I was struck for two reasons. First, he describes the nutritional benefit of bone marrow for the body. This is a theme about which in written articles and daily conversations, I'm often droning on. Bone marrow, aside from being irresistibly inexpensive, is very nutritious. It is where the stem cells are formed. It is rife with collagen. It is as wholesome a source of fat as one can hope to find. It is smoother than butter and richer than chocolate. Rabelais has this to say of bone marrow. Did you ever see a dog with a marrow bone in his mouth? The beast of all others, according to Plato in his Republic. Who is the most philosophical? If you have seen him, you might have remarked with what devotion and circumspectness he wards and watches it with what solicitude he guards it, how fervently he holds it, how prudently he gobbets it, with what affection he breaks it, and with what diligence he sucks it. To what end all this? What moves him to take all these pains? What are the hopes of his labor? What does he expect to reap thereby? Nothing but a little marrow. True it is that this little marrow is more savory and delicious than the great quantities of other sorts of meat, because the marrow, as Galen testifies, is a nourishment most perfectly elaborated by nature. That's right. Bone marrow is a nutriment raised to its natural perfection. And if that's not reason enough to eat it, it is, as I mentioned, super inexpensive. You can buy it on the cheap. Check the meat or frozen meat sections of your local grocer to find it. Immediately after Rabelais explains how bone marrow improves the health of the body, he describes metaphorically how we ought to get at the marrow of life, of wisdom, 
great books with which one can nourish the soul. Just as we get to the marrow of a bone for bodily nourishment, we must get to the marrow of our wisdom traditions for the improvement of our soul. Listen to this next passage. It becomes you to be wise, to smell, feel, and have in estimation these fairly good books, stuffed with high conceptions, which, though seemingly easy in the pursuit, are in the cope and encounter somewhat difficult. And then, like him, you must, by a sedulous lecture and frequent meditation, break the bone and suck out the marrow. As the noble dog, the representative of Plato's philosophical creature, is relentless in his pursuit of the bone's marrow, so should we pursue wisdom in our choicest books. The one is the physical sustenance that will contribute to our body's utmost perfection. The other, well, that's the intellectual fare upon which our minds must feed if our soul is to be fulfilled. For the sake of the body and the soul, we must get at the marrow of life. We must get to the most vital part. We must exert ourselves and work hard if we are to get it. And the juice is definitely worth the squeeze, so to speak. From this, we will derive our strongest nourishment. We must get at the marrow of life. Thank you so much for joining me on this meditation. I hope that it introduced you to new ideas, a new thinker and writer in Rabelais, and, above all, to a new approach to life. If you found this episode helpful, stimulating, or insightful, 
do consider liking it and sharing it with a friend. You can subscribe to this channel. Visit my website, numameditations.com and get in touch with me at numa.finnerin at gmail.com With that, I bid thee farewell from Numa.